We're going to be doing something a little special for our mothers and women in our life in just a couple minutes. And actually, across all of our campuses, we have moms preaching today. So it is just going to be a really special time that I am looking forward to. And so if you don't know, my name is Becky Beers, and I am a mom. Uh, I'm a mom to Isaac and Isabel. I am a wife of 17 years to Kevin. I'm also a daughter uh, to Jean and Bob Baird. Some of you may know who they are. Uh, I'm also a sister to Debbie, Wendy, Jody, Rob, Scott, and Kristen. I'm an aunt to 13 nieces and 10 nephews. And actually in September, I'm gonna be, believe it or not, a great aunt. And so that's gonna be a a nice addition to the many roles that I have. Um, I am a high school English teacher turned pastor. I have a bachelor's uh, in science, I have a master of arts, and I'm halfway through a master of divinity. I'm five feet, nine inches tall. I'm an excellent snowboarder and a mediocre cook. I love being outside, studying scripture, playing board games with my kids. I love camping, I love taking naps. I've traveled to Australia and Africa and Europe. And in fact, one time my brother and I snuck into a political rally in Greece. I'll tell you later about that some other time. And probably the, not, you know, not the most important, but an interesting fact is that this may or may not be my real hair color. So that's just kind of a snapshot of what I do, the roles that I play. Well, why am I telling you all of this? Well, it's to just maybe give you a real live glimpse of a mom and a woman in 2021 uh, to have you get to know me a little bit better. But really, everything I just told you doesn't really matter. Now, I'm going to get into why a little bit later on, uh, but first I want to tell you that today, the passage we're going to be studying from Scripture is Proverbs 31. This might be something that is familiar to you. It's often, uh, it's called uh, the Proverbs 31 woman, and it's been used to kind of hold up this ideal Christian Woman. There's been a whole slew of Bible studies uh, for women on Proverbs 31. There's even a women's ministry called Proverbs 31 Ministry. And so we're going to hopefully glean some new insights from this well-loved text as we celebrate Mother's Day. But first, I want to give you some of the original context of this passage in Proverbs. First of all, it's not actually written for women. It is directed for an audience of men. The first nine verses of it are a mom speaking to her son and giving him leadership advice. And then that leads into the passage we're gonna read today, which is an acrostic poem. So each line of the poem starts with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if we were gonna do this in English, let's say Kevin wanted to write an acrostic poem about me, his ideal woman. He might say something like, All right, Becky, A stands for awe-inspiring. B stands for beautiful. C stands for crazy good at everything she does, or depending on the day, maybe just crazy. But you see how this poem works. And so the way, the reason it was written as an acrostic poem was to make it easier to memorize, not for women to memorize, but for the men. In Jewish culture, men memorize this poem and on the Sabbath, they recite it or even sing it to the women in their lives, to their moms, to their wives, to their sisters, to their friends. 
And you'll see, we're gonna read this in a minute, and you'll see that it's mostly a descriptive poem, but there's one line of instruction in this poem, and it's directed to the men. They are directed to give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So this passage is an ode to women, not a job description for them. So in this same spirit, we are gonna have the men in the congregation recite this to the women in the congregation. Now, every man in here just started sweating profusely. So I have someone who's gonna come up and help you. You're gonna be led by my husband, Kevin. And this is something done in church. It's just simply a responsive reading. And so there's gonna be a line of scripture that Kevin, the speaker, will read. And then your job is to read the next line where it says response. So Kevin, lead us. Okay, guys, you ready? Here we go, I'll start. A wife of noble character who can find. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She gets up while it's still dark, still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed with scarlet. Good save, guys. Good save. We're good. This is why we need women in our lives, right? (laughs) I don't even know where we are anymore. Her husband is respected (laughs) at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And let's say this last line together, everybody. Honor her for all that her hands have done. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Great job, guys. (laughs) All right, so guys, if that kind of felt like it was getting long toward the end, that's how every mom feels every day when she's home with kids. So you just got a little taste of it. Thank you so much. And, And women, I don't know when the last time you had a whole congregation of men praising you with an ode, but I hope that you feel encouraged by that and uplifted by that. 
Well, we see here that this woman is very wise, but all throughout the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs is part of wisdom literature. And so all throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified, it's depicted as a woman. But don't be mistaken. Don't zone out, men. Your part's not done quite yet. We don't have any more reading aloud for you, but I want you to continue to listen in because Proverbs tells everyone, both men and women, how to live wisely. So what can we learn from this acrostic poem about the ABCs of wisdom? Well, first of all, Every day has value. This poem begins with a really good question. Who can find her? Who can find a woman who is both a morning person and a night owl? Who can find a woman who manages in textiles, produce, and real estate? She manages servants. She has upper body strength. She does charity work. She makes her own clothes and bed sheets. She laughs at the future. She sells sashes to merchants, so she basically has her own men's clothing line. And the kicker, her children in her presence stand and bless her. Indeed, where is she? I can tell you where she's not. She's not at the Beers household. And if she did live there, I'd get so fed up with her, she'd be out on the street in a hot minute. The Proverbs 31 woman has always kind of bothered me a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Maybe the reason we cannot find her is simply because she does not exist, at least not in the form that we have traditionally thought. Because you see, this poem is really more about the characteristics of a woman who fears and loves God. Proverbs 31 is not a celebration of some unattainable to-do list, but really a celebration of a lifetime of, of work from A to Z. It's not about the exact tasks that she does. I can tell you with great confidence, I will never pick up a distaff or a spindle to make my own clothes. I am never going to plant a vineyard. I can barely keep hostas alive. But the reason, you guys are like hot, a hot crowd, this is great. It's not about those exact tasks. It's more about who she is, her characteristics. We see that she's resourceful and hardworking. She helps those who are in need. She's articulate and speaks wise words. She invests in both things and relationships with great thought and intention. To sum it all up, she's wise. And so for those of you who maybe are a bit like me, it's helpful to know that this idea moves us away from a picture of a workaholic woman who does it all flawlessly to one of a woman who does the daily tasks set before her faithfully through all seasons of life. Really, like any good poem, it draws attention to the overlooked glory of the everyday characteristics that a follower of God builds bit by bit over a lifetime. And so what is God asking you to be faithful to today in this season of life? And maybe it is owning and operating your own business with integrity. Maybe it's training up children and grandchildren to love God and love others. Maybe it's caring for your health, whether that's your physical health, your mental health, or your emotional health. 
Maybe God is asking you to be faithful in managing people well. Maybe you're a people manager at work or managing your household or your neighborhood, the people in your community, carefully considering purchases for your financial health. Maybe instead of growing a vineyard, God is asking you to grow in patience or grow in love for your neighbor or grow less materialistic. Whatever it might be for you, no matter how mundane or everyday that might feel, it has great value, especially as we grow wiser. Well, not only every day has value, but we see in this passage that all work has value. Back in the first book of the Bible in Genesis 1 and 2, God gave the gift of work to men and women equally. Both of them were placed in the garden and told to do two things, to cultivate the earth and multiply. And so basically Adam and Eve were told to raise kids and plants together. However, in Genesis three, after the fall, men and women's work were separated from each other and from God. Work was a gift, but it went to being a curse. Instead of working together on projects, one went out to the field and one stayed home. And through the centuries, somehow women's work came to be seen as less dignified and less respected. So against that backdrop, it's really fascinating that Proverbs 31 defines many areas of work with no distinction of which is more valuable. I think that's so important on Mother's Day because let's face it, parenthood is maybe a place where we do a lot of judging. There are lots of battles, even within the realm of motherhood. Should you stay at home or can you work outside the home and be a good mom? If you do work outside the home, should you do it part-time or full-time? And then there's the whole schooling battle, homeschool versus private school versus public school. Uh, even nursing in public or private, or do you just do formula? When your kid has a rash, do you smear essential oil on it or do you take the kid to the doctor? I mean, there's just all these reasons and all these areas that we come up with, up with to judge others, especially in motherhood. And so maybe part of your work is to work on giving more grace to yourself and to others. As I mentioned uh, earlier, the heading for uh, Proverbs 31, this passage that we just read, is often translated as a wife of noble character, even though the Hebrew word for wife and woman is the same. It's translated wife in Proverbs 31 because of context, this woman is married. Yet as we go through the passage, we see only six verses of the 21 refer to her husband and her children. And so they're an important part of her life for sure, but they do not make up the entirety of it. Also the Hebrew word chayel, which is translated noble in Proverbs 31, when it's seen over 246 times in the Old Testament, that adjective is almost always used to describe men who are mighty warriors or soldiers. And so when that adjective is used to describe a man, it's translated as valor or strength. But translators kind of tend to downplay this for the Proverbs 31 woman, but the word is the same. So I say all of that to tell you that the phrase a noble wife could just as easily be translated as woman of valor or strong woman. 
Think less like June Cleaver and more Rosie the Riveter or Captain Marvel. Now you might be thinking, oh my gosh, what kind of cheesy girl power sermon is this? But remember, chapter 31 is both the climax of the whole book of Proverbs as well as a summary of it. And so that book is telling both men and women how to live wisely, how to live with strength and valor. And so we can understand this as an affirmation of everyone's work, whether a man or a woman, at home or in the marketplace, married or single, in the kitchen or the gates of the city, paid and volunteer work. No matter what the Proverbs 31 woman is doing, it is expressed in terms of strength and valor required to run a home, manage a business, care for the poor. Wisdom isn't just choosing what to do, but how to do it. It's living skillfully in whatever situation with strength and valor. What woman of valor are you celebrating today on Mother's Day? Someone who has accomplished something difficult, maybe living through a difficult diagnosis or raising a child or children well. Maybe you're celebrating someone who's thriving in her career or taking steps to care for herself, maybe drawing healthy boundaries in a toxic environment. Maybe your woman of valor is quitting her job or starting a new job or taking a pay cut to do something she loves. Maybe she is taking care of a parent or pursuing, as we at Watermark like to say, a holy disturbance, taking steps of faith. Well, because of the wide breadth uh, that Proverbs 31 gives to work, all of these endeavors have value. Value. So cheer her on today. Send her a text, write her a note. If she's in your COVID circle, give her the best hug you could possibly give her. Or my personal favorite, just do the dishes. So not only does every day have value and all work have value, But thirdly, all seasons of life have value. The only other place in the Old Testament where we see this phrase, woman of valor, is in the book of Ruth. And some of you know that Ruth, um, her husband is dead. And she, instead of going back to her family and her homeland, decides to stick with her mother-in-law, Naomi, in order to care for her. Naomi has also lost her husband and a son. And so they go back to Israel and to uh, Naomi's people. And Boaz, who's a relative of Ruth's late husband, kind of observes Ruth. And he says to her in chapter three, all of the people of my town know that you are a woman of valor. Now it's interesting that this same phrase is used for Proverbs 31 woman and Ruth because their lives at the time that phrase was used look nothing alike. Ruth was a foreigner living amongst God's people, not a middle-class Jewish woman safe in her community as the Proverbs 31 woman was. Ruth was not married. She was a grieving widow and she didn't have children. In fact, any hope of a family was dashed with her husband's death. Ruth was not a well-to-do woman running her household with the help of servants, but she was basically a poor migrant worker toiling in the fields under the scorching sun just to survive. Ruth was vulnerable. She had no one to protect her from harassment and attack. She had no rights. She had no family. 
It took remarkable strength and valor for her to stay loyal to her mother-in-law. So how did Boaz know that? How did Boaz know to look past her lowly circumstances and know she was a woman of valor? Well, I think it's because his mother was also a woman of valor and he recognized those characteristics. His mother was a woman named Rahab. She also happened to be a prostitute at one point in Jericho. She decided though that she was gonna fear God more than her own people's gods. And because Rahab helped the Israelites, she and her family were the only ones saved when that city was destroyed. And this overturns centuries of thought that says being a woman of valor, being a good Christian woman is based on marital status, motherhood, or wealth. You may not be in a a season of motherhood. And you know what? Maybe today is really painful for you. You might not be in a season of marriage. Maybe like Naomi and Ruth, you are grieving the loss of a spouse or you're grieving the failure of a marriage. Maybe like Ruth, you are not in a season of prosperity. You too just feel like you're struggling, toiling every day just to survive. Perhaps you struggle to see the value in your everyday existence. You struggle to see the value of your work or even this season of life that you're in. Maybe just to get out of bed took every ounce of energy you had this morning. I want you to know that that does not disqualify you from being a woman or a man of valor. What then is the connection between Rahab, Ruth, and the Proverbs 31 woman that makes them so strong and so brave? Let me tell you, it is the fear of the Lord. Rahab says that the whole city of Jericho's hearts were melting in fear because of Israel's God. But you know what? She feared God and took that fear to save her whole family. Ruth leaves everything she knows behind and tells her mother-in-law, your people shall be my people, your God, my God. She too learns to fear God more than her family and country. And then you read it to us, didn't you men? In Proverbs 31, verse 30, This reveals the same thing. After a list of accomplishments of what this woman has done, it says charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is the key that unlocks this whole passage to us, really the whole book of Proverbs. And I wanna make an important point about beauty. Most descriptions of women, most songs about women focus on their physical beauty. Yet, Take note, after a lengthy description of the Proverbs 31 woman, we have no idea what she looks like. It doesn't matter. It's the fear of the Lord that makes her who she is. And fear of the Lord sounds like some lofty theological concept that's really hard to understand, but really the way she thinks of and responds to God is the most practical thing about her. It influences every part of her day and every season of life. A.W. Tozer says, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. You live out your theology every day, whether or not you realize it. It influences every decision you make. It influences every word that you speak. It influences your schedule and your pocketbook. You live out your theology each and every day. And so fear of God simply means not fearing anything else. 
The more that you learn to fear God, the less you fear not having enough because you claim that promise that God is gonna provide for you each and every day, just like he did for Ruth. The more you learn to fear God, the less you fear not being enough because you recognize that you are a child of God and that fact alone makes you enough. The more you learn to fear God, the less you fear your future because like the Proverbs 31 woman, you can laugh at the days to come because you know that they are in God's hands. The more that you learn to fear God, the less you fear abandonment and loneliness because you know that he says he will never leave us or forsake us. Psalm 33 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. And so fear of the Lord acknowledges God. You just speak in things that were not in existence, come into existence. You created this world. You made it work the way that it does. You created me and made me to work and operate the way that I do. Our existence is in his hands no matter what. And so whatever season of life this Mother's Day finds you in, maybe you're in pain of losing a child, or maybe you're in hopeful anticipation of one to come. Perhaps you're thriving in parenthood, or you're being crushed by the demands and burdens. Perhaps you're in a healthy relationship with your mom, or you're still limping from the wounds that she inflicted. No matter where you are this morning, know that true wisdom comes from setting all of our other fears aside and fearing only God. I want you to think about fear of God as standing on the edge of Niagara Falls and you're acknowledging its power, its majesty, its glory, and you're also acknowledging that you are absolutely terrified. You would be a fool to stand at the bottom of Niagara Falls and try to take that on. Fear of God means fearing what life apart from him would be like. It means having a deep respect and awe for his power, for his authority and his plan for your life. Remember all those things I told you about myself and how they don't matter? Well, they don't, not as much as who I am or I should say more accurately as uh, whose I am. The most important thing about me is my decision to fear God, to follow Jesus, to be a child of God. And the writer of Psalms puts it this way in Psalms 130. He says, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness and therefore you are feared. Who could stand against the mighty Niagara Falls? Nobody. Who could stand even more so against our mighty, powerful God? No one. Not even the accomplishments of the Proverbs 31 woman hold up in God's presence. Why he alone is worthy. He alone is holy. He alone is perfect. And the beautiful thing about that is because he is all of those things, we don't have to be. In fact, we cannot be those things without him. All of our good works, our church attendance, our volunteer hours, our solid 401k, whatever it is that we use to try to be good enough and build ourselves up to God, fall short. 
because we all sin. Sin separates us from God. It cannot be in his presence. And so when we have sin, we are separated. But the psalmist connects the fear of God with forgiveness. Fearing God means being in awe of what he could do in light of our sins. He could eternally separate us from him, an eternity of hopelessness, of despair, of dread, of fear, of never being known. But fearing God means we're in awe of what he could do, but we receive what he did do, offering forgiveness for sins through his son, Jesus Christ, who took our sins upon himself though he himself was sinless so that we could have a right relationship with God and spend eternity with him, eternity in his secure presence, in his loving arms with hope and joy and grace. And so as we kind of just think about this Proverbs 31 woman, what it means to live wisely, what it means to see every day and every season of life and all that we do that has value. It's in light of this, the fear of the Lord, acknowledging who he is and acknowledging who we are able to be through his son, Jesus. Let me pray. God, I thank you for each and every mom here. They are a gift. I pray that you would continue to sustain us moms, that you would continue to provide for us, show us our value, Lord. And I pray for each and every person, man, woman, and child in here, may we develop a healthy fear of you, Lord, a reverence, a respect, an awe, an acknowledgement of who you are, and that you offer us a right relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.